You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy at 35, All American. And Dan. 35 and Dan, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're in the midst of spring football. Uh, don't feel springy in the weather. Mm. It, it ain't it ain't real, it don't feel real springish right now. It is a beautiful, beautiful couple days here in the Tampa area. Not sure what you guys uh, got going on in Gainesville, South Florida. It's a little chilly up here, Dan. It, it's a little too beautiful, and it's it's like I'm a little nervous. Like something like that. whoever's working the weather machine is not like doing their job right because it's supposed to be warming up and it's cooling up. Yeah, it's a little chilly mm. outside, Dan. Got to got to wear a little sweater out here in the, in the morning still, Dan. So I don't know. Still, still found time to make it out on the boat this weekend, you know. So. Mm. Tell us about your weekend, Dan. I heard a little bit before we, we got on. And, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Made it out on a boat, you know. There you go. Hey. Uh, we'll we'll just we'll leave it the uh It's always funny when Dan sent us selfies on the boat and tell us that we need uh the, the, top, topics for the show this week. Like, yo, the, guys, we need topics. Like, what the picture guy do anything? Dan? You know what I'm saying? The just boat, let me know. Just the, a, the it's just a slight little flex to let you know that I won't be coming up with any topics right now. <laughs> the, the boat pictures are really flexing, Dan. That's what I, I get out of it. Like, hey, get to work, guys. I'm, I'm on the boat. You know what I'm saying? Just let you, right. let you know that it's time for you guys to get to work. I'll be available in a few hours. Would you rather me send you boat pictures or pictures of bison? I'm Both come boat. unexpected yeah. whenever you, yeah, you, you take Bison was your wholesome days. You're not wholesome no more. You mean? Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are wild. You guys do anything this weekend? <laughs> no, nah, man. I uh... – I just sat and chilled at the crib up here in Gainesville, and next weekend we're gonna go down to um, Lakeland. So this weekend we just we just hung out. Um, my son turned one on Thursday, so that was pretty cool. The big one, yeah, my boy, big one. So happy birthday, ABJR. There you go. There you go. Man, seen him on the book, man. Looking like a little handsome lad right there, man. Big man. One. He's starting to walk now, man. So he's just freaking. I mean, he'll, he'll freaking fall, and then it ain't even no crawl no more. He just, like, get up. Like, earlier, I seen him do the unthinkable. Like, this man was in the kitchen, Dan, standing up with the broom. Like, playing with the broom, but standing up. And I'm like, It's Bro, cute what? now, but you're going to be real mad. In oh, the boy, I made sure I made a video to tell him, like, hey, you you broom, you sweeping now, but when I tell you to sweep, you ain't going to want to. So, <laughs> so I'll the games now, Dan. All fun the games. So, what about you, my friend? Uh, attended a funeral. Mm. Um, rest in peace to my cousin Dale Murray. Uh, intended, attended a funeral in Jacksonville. My brother's in town, so despite a funeral, it's always a great time. Um, when my brother gets in town, so we've been just hanging me him and my dad. Uh, just spending a whole lot of time cooking, grilling, hanging out, enjoying the, the nice weather. That's it. I love it, man. I love it. We got a hell of a show. Uh, we got a, a great interview with Bo Carroll. Uh, coming on in the uh, the next few minutes. But uh, before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at the Thomas Firm, which is going to help you handle insurance claims for property damage to your home or business. 
So if you have any issues with roof damage or leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, fires, etc., they're going to work all over the state of Florida. Give them a call for a free consultation to ensure that your insurance company pays what you are owed for the complete repair to your home or business. Give them a call, 813-221-2525, or visit them, tntattorneys.com. Against that. Again, that is the Thomas Firm, 813-221-2525. So, boys, we are in the middle of spring practice. We're halfway through. Um, any spring updates? There, there's some specific names that I want to talk about, but from what have you guys heard and everything else, what's what do you like, what do you not like? Um, since our uh, since our last show, I think uh, the offensive struggle has been the theme of of everybody's gripes um, from the message boards. But I mean, it's early in camp, so mm-hmm. uh, the rumor is, or, or or the notes that's out there, either on two four seven or other message boards, rivals um, got some notes out there as well, as well as Gator Country. Even though you know Dan's mm-hmm. not really feeling them people over there, but you no. Know. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody got some notes up, and, and the offense is struggling to move the ball early in spring camp. It's our first scrimmage. Um, they say Emory couldn't get a first down in the, in, the, in the first few series, and it was a little clunky. So that was the biggest thing for me. There's other notes, but do we want to talk about that first, Dan? Uh, so we can talk about that here in a minute. Uh, there are some quotes um, out there, but I, I'll say uh, a couple players that have stood out uh, according to some folks that we have talked to from the freshman perspective, and feel free to add any additional names that you guys have. Uh, big Desmond Watson, all Woo! 430 pounds of him. He's probably down to at least 420 now. Uh, is is moving like a ballerina out there, uh, moving, shaking. Uh, I think he's going to be an impact player uh, at the University of Florida, but truly turning some heads. You think he a, plays this fall? Like at absolutely. least some goal line packages and on, on some on some goal line stuff? Yeah, no, I think yeah, no, I think that you know he gets in the weight room, loses a little bit of weight. I think that he's a guy that could even play, you know, before that. Um obviously he's a big space eater, uh, but the way he plays, I mean he's moving well for for even that kind of weight. Yeah, they say the closer you get to the ball, the harder it is to play right away in college football. And he's gonna be right in front of the ball, but he's a whole man at, at four hundred and and odd pounds or whatever he's wearing today. Depends on what he yeah. I And mean, from everything that I've seen from him, some of the folks that we've talked to, uh, they are singing his praises. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, he's a guy whose name we talked a, lot, a little bit about uh, during uh, his recruiting and, and how high Florida was on Desmond Watson. But, you know, he's a guy that I, I think is going to really make an impact uh, this fall. But I, I think throughout his career, he's going to be a guy that, that might be able to plug up that middle for the next, you know, three or four years. So very excited to see him. Another name that has stood out is uh, Donovan McMillan, the safety. Uh, Nick, uh, well, pardon me. Uh, Nick Delatore reported a quote from, I think it was Dan Mullen today, uh, that talked about him really stepping in and how he's the son of a coach and, you know, how he's coming in and making some big plays. And then, um, you know, Nick Elksness is a guy that's, you know, making some impact plays as well as at that tight end position. And, you know, with Eric Gilbert not coming uh, to Florida, you know, there's certainly an opportunity for, for a guy to make a name for themselves at the tight end position. So, you know, potentially look for uh, for Nick Elkness to, uh, to earn some playing time this season as well. Hmm. Been hearing good things from him. Mm-hmm. I think the tight end room is going to be okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It was going to be on another level of elite if we had uh, – Gilbert, of course, but I think we'll be okay in the tight room, the tight end room. I think we showed some promise last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce doing a good job, and I'm hearing a lot of good things from the freshmen, for yeah. sure. 
there's um, some other quotes today, and I want to go over one big one uh, here. In I did see days. one funny. I did see one funny thing from. Uh, shout out to Bob two four seven. So he said that oh my man Odom, the other tight end, caught a pass, and he was like had so much green in front of him, and like he got ran down by like from like eighty yards back or something crazy. So I don't think we're gonna see a whole lot of Odom this fall. Uh, probably not. I think that he's a guy that could potentially be a goal line guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you need, you need warm bodies back there too every once in a while, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think there's, I think that, you know, where he fits in this team and on this roster, it was kind of a conundrum at the beginning, uh, because mm-hmm. he was kind of your, your more burly tight end, uh, you know, kind of a, a more traditional guy. It's not to say that there's not a spot for him or a place for him. Uh, but, uh, I, I would not be surprised if there's, you know, some other players that get some uh, opportunity ahead of him. Um, so Dan Mullen also called out Emery's arm strength, said that Emery can make some passes that Kyle Trask could not make. Uh, that was not a, a diss of Kyle Trask uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but just talked about the options that he has, but certainly uh, the ability for him to get the ball uh, in the air and potentially make, you know, some longer passes or some more, you know, game-changing type play passes like that. But Silk, I think that that's a, an, a piece of analysis that you've, you know, focused on, you know, over the last couple of years as well. I'm sorry, what was that? Yeah, no, I th- we're talking about Emery's arm strength. I, I think that oh you know, yeah, that's something that we're going to see quite a bit of this year. And um, yeah, you know, I think uh, he might not be as strong, but yeah, I think his, his arm strength is there. I think there's a lot of throws that 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 Trash couldn't make, but Trash was elite at touch, and mm-hmm. and um, that's going to be the biggest I think hurdle in in the play call and them getting over a lot of a lot of touch and, and that wheel route that we love so much is a touch pass. So mm-hmm. um. It's gonna be interesting. It's just gonna be two different type of passes, and Emory's gonna to have to work on his touch. Well, that's what I was told, and one of the biggest takeaways from the scrimmage is that Emory's gonna to have to work on his touch. Okay, okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, are you referring to a piece of injury news? Is that what you want to talk about? Oh no, I don't have any injury news. Oh, very good. Well, I'll put it here in the DM, and we'll talk about something else real quick. Um, want to talk to you a little bit about uh, a quote from. Uh, Dan Mullen about Todd Grantham uh, when he was asked about last season's defense. Uh, it's a long one, so so bear with me here. Pause. Gotcha. Um, I don't think it was one specific thing or issue Dan Mullen said. I think there's some things as a whole that we needed that we needed to fix and adjust as the year went on. I think at times last year we played really well. There are times that we didn't in situation, and then it's IDing what those situations were, why we didn't play well in those situations. And then what are the adjustments we make so those situations don't happen in the future? How are we make adjustments to that? I don't want to pit on, on one area. There were probably multiple, a bunch of things that we needed to kind of tweak and change and improve on. I think obviously certainly having a spring practice and hopefully a little bit more of a normal year will help us do that. Todd's a great football coach. I think part of that, I don't know that it's a new edge or different. I think he's as competitive now as he was last year, the year before that, and the year before that. That's who he is. I think obviously having the opportunity to have spring to identify where our players are at and putting them in the best position with the right guys on the field to be successful against all the different things that we are going to see and what we're going to have to adjust during the course of the season. I think there's a benefit to that of having time and the opportunity to see those things. So with that quote, I think that Dan Mullins – sole purpose of keeping Ty Grantham around was he feels like the defense didn't perform well because 
of no spring ball last year. So thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm just not buying it. You know, um, I don't think it take a because I mean, good coaches just adjust. It don't matter if it's spring football, no spring football. Uh, if, if if this scheme don't work, they adjust to their personnel, the times, the conditions of what we playing in. Good coaches just adjust, bro. And, mm-hmm. and and Todd Grantham had a full season to adjust, and he couldn't yeah. at all. Like we, we was off the ball, getting blown off the ball. Like we we gave we, we gave him a lot of benefit of the doubt. Oh, we're missing mm-hmm. our defensive tackle. He came back and a whole lot didn't change. I mean, it got a little better, but it, it didn't fix all our deficiencies, man. So, nah, I'm not buying it, man. Um, yeah. Could Spring help him? Yeah, but I just still think that good coaches can adjust on the fly. He wasn't the only coach that was put in this predicament. The whole the whole country was. Like, he didn't get a, a particular or a certain circumstances that anybody else didn't get. It was fair for everybody. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I don't think the talent on this defense trumps the talent on the defense last year either. So it will be interesting to see, you know, what happens uh, this upcoming season. Obviously, the opportunity to play in practice is is certainly advantageous. Uh, No ifs, ands, and buts about that. But I I just – I find that quote to be very interesting uh, and kind of counter to to what Dan Mullen has – Dan Mullen will say anything just to, like, keep his guys, like – yeah. You know, like you ask him about offensive line and development there. He got something for that too. You know, mm-hmm. like what, what do you want? He can spin it. Yeah. So, so. Todd Grantham solidly in Dan Mullins, uh, you know, friend group. His his MySpace top eight for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's give a shout out to our friends at the Roof Soldier. Uh, which is a veteran-owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. So if you have any recent roof leaks or damage, give them a call, one eight seven seven roofs fl They can do work all over the state of Florida. No replacement or repair is too big or too small. Again, one eight seven seven roofs fl or visit them at RoofSoldier.com. Tell them Stadium and Gale sent you. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about some position battles that we – um, you know, are going to be looking forward to uh, during the second half of a uh, spring practice. Is there any group in particular that you're looking to see more out of? Uh, are you looking to see some separation or, or where's your head go- at looking at the second half of the spring ball? I'm just scared as shit. At, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm scared for, for cornerback. Okay. You know, outside of Elam, I just don't. Um, I know, I know you're high on Jaden Hill. And, and I may be wrong, but I'm not that high on him. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see just how that room works out. Who's going to be the other guy? Um, there's a possible transfer out there, the, the, the kid from, from Clemson. Uh, Clemson that's that's looking to transfer, some smoke out there about him. Maybe we're interested in him. But, like, outside of that spot, I'm just not confident in that other corner spot. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk a little bit later on the show. I have it on the um, um on the docket there. We can talk a little bit more about it, but uh, he's talking about Darian Kendrick, the former five-star uh, defensive back from Clemson. I, I've heard that Florida is not necessarily interested right now. They're not not potentially going to be open to recruiting him, but I think you know right now if he wants to commit before the end of spring practice, I don't think that Florida is going to take him. Um, right now I think that Georgia is in the driver's seat for that one uh, just because they have a little bit more of an opportunity to play early. Uh, Florida feels confident with what they have with Jaden Hill and uh, with Jason Marshall and a few of the others that are on campus right now. Um, but, you know, as much as I'm higher on, on Jaden Hill than you are, I'm not sure that he's, you know, elite 
Um, I'm not sure that he is a number two defensive back in or cornerback in in the SEC, or especially at Florida. Um, you know, he's got some issues. And with if he's size. your number, if he and if he's your number two, like I'm so frightened about number three. I'm just concerned about my cornerback room. You know, um, I think the quicker those freshmen get on campus, these, these five star guys and, and the recruiting class we got this year, the quicker those guys guys get on on the field is going to be better. You know what I'm saying? Um, but right now, what we got on campus, um, the the, the, the veteran guys, the, the Jaden Hills, the um, who else? Jahari Rogers. Who else came in that mm-hmm. class? Avery Ham. Yep. Like everybody that came in that class, a little slight. Um, Kamar Wilkinson got some some promise. He probably could go outside and do some things. But I'm just not high on that position. So I just want to see them battle it out. I want to see what how everything shakes out by the end of spring at the cornerback position. I think however the running back room shakes out, we're going to be more than fine there. It's, it's interesting and it's entertaining to watch the, the competition there because it's so much talent, you know. But same thing with wide receivers. It's fun to watch that. Right. Like even yeah. linebacker because there's just so much upside in that room. So you, it, it's a fun battle to watch. I think corner is a little cringeworthy with watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd be curious to see what happens. You know, Jason Marshall is the you know the guy that you know slated to be that next great cornerback at UF, and you know he's only what ten practices in, eight practices into his career, so you certainly can't expect him to come in and you know be an, an All American right away. You know, I, I think Florida really needs a guy like him, you know, to step up and secure that spot. You know, Kyrie Elam is likely headed to the NFL. Uh, you know, after this season and, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to have some opportunity where you, you need some players to step up and, you know, Fast. for the first time in a long time, I, I'm a little worried about what Florida's defensive backfield looks like for probably the first time in 15 years. Since I can remember. Yeah. yeah. For and real, I just picked real. 15 years. Cause that's really when I started, you know, paying attention to every single player on the team. Right. So, right. Um, you will know, we'll see, you know, there's definitely an opportunity. There's, there's playing time to be earned. Uh, but you know, there's some concern back there. Uh, the safety position I'm hearing is, is doing okay. Uh, they're still trying to figure out that, that other spot, you know, next to Trey Dean, they've been rotating, you know, a bit back there as well. So I heard, I heard Trey Dean's having a solid camp. He's, yep. looking, he's looking solid out there. Um, and he's looking swagged out too. The, uh, Gator uniform tracker Twitter account, put some pictures of him out there and he looks like I would be dressed. Uh, you know, all sorts of swag on him, half sleeves. So some, some yeah, at, least he, at least he looks the part. Oh, well, I'll mm. probably leave the handcuffs at home. In the bedroom? This, this is a G-rated show. <laughs> I don't know. He had handcuffs. You yeah. said you were dressed like him, so I'm trying to figure out if you had the handcuffs. That's, all, that's, that's where I draw the line. So <laughs> That's a great uh, place to draw the line, to be honest. <laughs> Got to draw it somewhere. Um so I want to talk to you. you. You mentioned Desmond Watson a little bit at defensive tackle. Have you heard much about the defensive tackle room or the defensive line uh, group at all? I know that, you know, Zach Carter, I uh, spoke to the media I think last week and he had some quotes about how excited he is and, you know, he feels like a savage out there and everything else. But have you heard anything else about the defensive line group? Yeah, I heard they're looking good, but I heard the offensive line is looking terrible. So I don't know, like – how to take that because we had offensive line issues, a lot going on in that room. But I heard defensive line is looking good. Uh, the veteran guys tra- we had transfer over. Both of those guys are looking solid. Um, we seen what Watson's doing. Gravon's working on his pad leveling, fixing on things like that. So he's looking better in spring. The defensive line is going to be more than fine. Um, Zach Carter's back at his natural position. Yep. Uh, Bogle and Cox are going to be a terror off the edge. 
but we can't block none of these people with our offensive line. That's a shame, isn't it? The crying shame. So I don't know what we got. They could be not that good. Our offensive line just could be terrible, you know. So, but they are the defensive line does look great. Mm. I'm speechless. I just don't have anything to say. I'm, I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for uh, better outcomes. I'm hopeful that the defensive it's line. Early. It's yeah. early. Yeah, still time. Defense should be ahead of the offense. That's mm-hmm. that's the norm, right? Um, we're we're implementing new things. These guys are gonna spend all spring trying to find out what. Like spring is not a game. Like we gotta find out what he could do. Mm-hmm. They they're gonna find out what Emory's good at by the end of spring, and we're gonna cater our offense around what Emory's good at. But right now they're gonna they're gonna find out. They're gonna explore. They're gonna push him. See what he can and cannot do. See see what kind of information he can retain. What kind of Checks he could get in, the plays he could get in and get out of, and get out of. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a lot going on, man. But the first scrimmage, I wouldn't lose my mind about the offense. The offensive line, I am concerned about, but I'm not concerned about Emory. I'm concerned about Hevesy getting them boys uh, where they need to be. Mm. Well, I, saw I, was... I saw recess center. You like that? Um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> like. <laughs> I, I mean, at the end of the day, as somebody that thought that David Reese would be a uh, an exceptionally and uh, valuable part of this offensive line last year. Story, story Reese. Well, who did I say? I'm sorry. David. It's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, David, David, still waiting on the other baby David Reese to step in. Um, so when when I talked about Stuart Reese last year, I thought that he'd be, you know, a big, big part of this offensive line. And, you know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was just too excited about a, uh, a guy coming in that had some accolades, uh, but I don't, I don't think it can be worse, but I, I think this is where I think it's valuable is I think that because Stuart Reese played, you know, with Dan Mullen, John Hevesy, both at Mississippi state and Florida, I think he does understand protections. He may not be great at them, but I think he understands them. Um, so you need your center to, you know, be able to, you know, read some defenses, point out some things, communicate with the rest of the line. And I think that that's a valuable asset that he can provide. But, you know, as a player, I just want to see some other people out there. Um, We've recruited a, a lot of offensive linemen over the last year, our last few years. We've recruited a ton of guards. We've recruited some centers. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to see some some different names, and, and maybe he'll have more success there. But um, I, I'm wondering where these other guys are that were recruited, and how are they not able to to get playing time and, and, and supplant and some the of clips, these guys? They don't look great in the clips. Like we we talking about how good Watson look in those clips, but he's beating them guys. Like bad, he just got on campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without much of a uh, time in the weight room, anyway, right? So I, I don't know. I'm I'm worried. I'm very very worried. You know, we we talk a lot about the type of guy, and this isn't a dig at John Hevesy, but you know, the types of guys that he recruits, and he recruits a specific type of guy. He recruits a guy that's going to be a developmental guy. Well, the problem is if those guys don't pan out then you're screwed. And and I think that that's where Florida's at is they don't have a lot of options at the offensive line because they took a lot of guys that projected well uh, and projected like they could be starters. But now, you know, they're two, three, four years in and they're, they're not able to see the field. You know, I don't want to run down the list cause I don't want to make it personal, but there, there's people that have been on this campus for three years that still aren't getting snaps and are getting beat by, you know, first semester freshmen out there. 
That's that's what's wild. That's the that's my concern with the trenches. Like defensive line is gonna be fine. Like when is our offensive line gonna be able to just maul people? Because this year we don't have the luxury of leaning on Kyle Trash dissecting defenses and, and scratching the defenses with that. We don't have to run the ball, right? We can't duck and hide behind running the ball with Emory Jones or Richardson at quarterback. We have to run the ball. Mm-hmm. So they got I mean, to figure this out fast. And there's a ton of talent, you know, in the the running back room and the wide receiver room at the quarterback position and at the tight end room. But it all starts with getting protection and, and making sure that you, you know, give ample opportunity for for a play to be made. Right? As athletic as Emory Jones is, mm-hmm. if you have turnstiles on the offensive line, then they're going to get and they get beat. You can't make those plays, right? And then what's going to happen? Everybody's going to like blame Emory Jones for running around too much, trying to make a play. Um, I just I have a feeling I know how this season's going to go if this offensive line isn't at least adequate. Um, another positive was my man. I, it was rumored that Lorenzo Linger broke off a ninety-yard run. Um, I, I said in the beginning of this, I think in the running back battle, I hope, and I don't know what's up with Bowman. He's been missing some practice because of some injuries. That's just, that's the rumors out there. I'm not 100% sure on that, but that's the rumors. Um, but I think one of those two guys could jump up that depth chart if they force Dan Hank. I think we have some seniority issues on this roster, but if guys are breaking off 90-yard runs in practice, it's going to be hard to keep them off the field. Yeah. And, and him and Bowman have that that ability to break off those type of runs. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting weird back in the running back room, not in a bad way, but in a – you know, there, there seems to be a lot of people that deserve the ball, right? Damian Pierce, Naquan Wright, now Lorenzo Lingard, Demarcus Bowman. Again, you know, there's some injury questions out there. Dan Mullen was asked at his press conference, says that he does not comment on injuries. Obviously, there is some sort of injury. Or he would have said he's not injured. Uh, and then I was told it was nothing serious or too crazy, but I don't okay. want to, I don't want to go, you know what I'm saying, to no detail because this is all nothing. This is hearsay. I, I guess we'll see, but you know, oh, where I was going to go with that is, you know, Lingard is now earning, you know, the opportunity for him to get some some snaps as well. So they're going to have to get creative back there, um, or there's going to be some transfers. But um, it's it, it, there's no lack of talent and, and definitely no lack of speed back there. It could get explosive. Oh, I'm here for it. So we've got a couple more weeks of practice. We will try to dive in and give you all the analysis that we can uh, going in to the end or at least in the second half of spring practice. Well, so we recorded this interview before we started. Uh, so Ahmad is back on. Ahmad had to leave a little bit early to deal with some uh, some family in town or some friends in town. Uh, so let's bring on our friend Bo Carroll. Uh, his interview is sponsored by our friend Lee Friedland at the law firm of Friedland and Associates. He's going to help you with auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases within every jurisdiction in the state of Florida. Give him a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit his website, yourfightourbattle.com. Again, that's 1-800-95-INJURED and yourfightourbattle.com. Lee's a great guy. We had the chance to catch up last week. So, Always good to do business with Lee. Let's get Bo Carroll on the line and chop it up with him for a bit. Let's go. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is a University of Florida running back legend, from the late 90s, Mr. Bo Carroll. Bo Carroll, how are you today? 
I'm good. How's everybody doing out there? Good, man. Good. Hey, it's an, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Bo, want to talk to you a little bit about uh, your time before coming to UF. So originally from uh, Pennsylvania, uh, you're a parade All-American, All-American honors uh, all across the country, uh, considered one of the fastest players in the country. But ultimately, what brought you down from Pennsylvania down to the University of Florida? Whew. Well, man, I would, I would say my mom, like uh, back at that, like really, like when I was really young. So I talked about how much she loved Florida and always wanted to go back. So I was like, well, you know, I had an opportunity to visit. So I was like, all right, you know, let me make sure, you know, one of my visits, I mean, Florida's obviously was in the national championship that year. Because Nebraska, we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, all right, let me, you know, take my visit. So, you know, I took my visit down there. It's like, I just left three feet of snow. I'm on the lake in the barbecue and shorts and a T-shirt. You know, Coach Sperry is there, great offense. Always want to be a part of a, a really, really good offense. You know, kind of have players, you know, like when you're in high school, you're kind of one person. When you get to college, you know, you got like multiple people that, you know, can make plays. But it's always want to be part of a big-time offense. And also ran track, too, so they had a pretty good track program. So I went down there on my visit. remember going into the locker room and seeing my jersey and everything up there. Like they did it at all the schools, but for some reason, when I saw it in that locker room, it just felt right. Yeah, it, it just felt right, and it felt like family. It wasn't no, they didn't promise me anything. You know, it just felt like family. Like if I, it was, you know, obviously it's, it's gonna be the next like four or five years. You know, me being in it's like my adjustment. Like if I needed anything from a tutor or anything, they had it for me. So I was like, good. They're putting me kind of in a position to be successful. So. Mm-hmm. I definitely was like, this is a school for me. That's awesome. So, Bo, you, you moved down from Pennsylvania down to Gainesville. What was what was that like? What was the transition like? It's obviously a big cultural change for you. Um, you know, Florida's loaded. Um, you know, even at the running back position, you know, a ton of talent there. What was that transition from high school to college like for you? Well, it was um, – I'd say it's pretty, it's pretty tough because, like I said, Pennsylvania, like Florida football is life. <laughs> Pennsylvania is not exactly that way. It's more about basketball because you got to understand I graduated with the late Kobe Bryant the same year, actually played against him, and like Rip Hamilton, who was awesome. So these are the kind of, as far as people being known, that's 96, the year I graduated, and those are people I kind of competed for attention, but a completely different sport. So coming down to Florida is like football is life. Like I got down there and it was like, I had girls chewing me out for missing a block, for not doing the right thing. So it definitely was like a completely different road as far as like, look, football series down here. And, you know, then it's like, you know, you come from Pennsylvania and you're playing with like these like, like tremendous athletes from Florida, like where football like is all they know and this is how to get out. So football was just bigger than life. I got down here and it was like, you know, I had to prove myself because I'm from Pennsylvania. So you know, most of them like, oh, you know, who's the kid from Pennsylvania, no, All-American, all that. But it's like, as soon as you come down here, probably as with other schools, like, you, you got to prove yourself. But it's like Florida, like, you know, I came down here and I was like, this, like a stick, the smallest thing ever. And I'm looking at these dudes and they're like giants. So, you know, but it's like once you put them pads on and you just play, like, I ain't thinking about size nothing. It's like, you know, catch me if you can. And you know, it was the funniest part was like I got down there, you know, I was like just trying to prove myself. I was just, you know, same thing that I was taught 
in high school is like, you know, you, you practice like you're playing a game. So that's how I practice. So my roommate was like Cedric Warren time. He was like a DB. So every night, every night I would come, we'd come home from like two days. He's like, yo, man. He's like, man, you need to cool down, man. You got, like, you, you know, you, you getting everybody cussed out, you know, and the coach was Bob Stoops at the time. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, man, coach cussing everybody out because they can't get, he's like, how you letting this freshman kill y'all doing all this work? So I was like, me, for me, it's like, I was just playing. You know, it was like I was out there just playing, just having fun, just you know, going hard, doing what I what I was taught to do in high school. So it felt good to know that you know you can compete with a guy. Because at the time, like you know, Danny Worth was there, Reedell, Ike was there during those two days. So it was like, all right, it proved that I belonged here. Because like when you're sitting and watching on TV, it's like, man, like you know, these are big time people. Like you know, and then growing up, growing up, it was like I was told I wasn't D one material, and to be there competing and actually. In time, like they said, I was supposed to redshirt my freshman year. And then I had some problems. I had to go back and take my SATs again. Then I came back and they was like, nah, you're not redshirt. I was like, all right, cool. Okay, whatever you say, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it definitely, it was definitely a different world. Then the funniest part was like my first time, first practice going to, and like Bob was there, old famous guy. He was there and I was walking through the gates. He's like, oh, yeah. He was like, oh, so uh, it's like, we got a Yankee down here. I was like, nah, Phillies, like Philadelphia, Phillies. And then I finally called on. I was like, oh, up north. Oh, got it. Welcome to Florida. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, what was the, what was the, uh, what was the moment in practice when you when, when it, what was the welcome to Florida moment in practice for you? <sighs> oh, yeah. First practice, like after practice was done. Got to didn't even make it to the locker room, full body cream. That was my welcome to Florida. <laughs> me, Fred T, we all up in the training room. Fred T got the IV. Fortunately, they just pumped me full of Gatorade. Right. <laughs> like I had about 20 of them. So that was my welcome to Florida. More the heat. First than day, the- like, yeah. Yeah. Got me. <laughs> hmm. Got me good. Now you were known for your speed. Uh, anybody on the field surprised you when you when you put on the pass and got got running around? Because I don't think they run around in Philly like we do here. It's tough because, like, like I said, I was from Pennsylvania, and you know, coming down here is like you know, like I had to prove myself. Right. So for me, it wasn't about you know saying what because you know I seen it on TV, so I was like you can tell the talent, you know, stuff like that. But it's like I had to prove myself. So. I was too busy just trying to, you know, show people that I'm here and that, you know, I'm supposed to be here and that, you know, I can play with you guys. Was your 40, so for me, was, your, it was, was like, your fast the same? Like your fast in Philly, was it the same fast here in Florida? Actually, my my fast, as I learned, because it, it was – at the time, there wasn't anybody faster. There's some fast people. You had Jocko's Green. Mm-hmm. You know, like he had some fast people, but I was like, I asked, you know, every the thing Spurry would do at the end of practices, he would race all the fast guys against each other. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, like, yeah, I, I never lost. <laughs> so it was like, I, I had the speed. Yeah. Right. You know, but, you know, so it wasn't, I learned that, it, you know, my speed wasn't, it wasn't a problem, you know, keeping up or even surpassing people. I learned that. Early, even though I didn't, I really didn't know that was a big deal. I thought, like you know, being in Pennsylvania, it's like I was getting crew because I always showed up in big games. Like I had big games against big time competition. Right. I had no clue it was you know like my speed was the reason why I was getting recruited so much. 
because like when you're in high school, you, when I was in high school, I really didn't, you know, didn't know like, you know, what it was that exactly they were looking for. Right. You know, because like the people where I'm from, like I had like Theron Ellis, who went to West Virginia, big time linebacker. He was huge. And like we had like big linemen, like defensive linemen that were so they were kind of getting recruited. Like that's the big thing. Athletes have some big time athletes, but we have one guy, Wayne Dent, he went to, actually went to Florida State. So we had some big time athletes, but I didn't know, but they were kind of like big and strong. Speed, right. they did have some speed, but speed wasn't exactly their forte. There's more like, you know, we had bruisers, people that run you over, and stuff like that. Where I was just like, like I said, like, catch me if you can. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, it's like, I'm not trying to let you catch me. I'm not trying to let you touch me. And if I have to run you over, I got to do what I got to do. But it wasn't like, it, it, it was kind of like a 10% tile thing. It's like, right. you know, most of the time it's like, I give you leg and take it away. So, but yeah, the big time I means sp- speed definitely was, is definitely a different speed, different tempo. It was, but the thing about that year I came in was like, they just lost to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So the summertime practice, like every single moment. That shit was like, hard. Because their sole reason was to get back to it. Every single moment was like, every, like you can tell, like everybody's on point every single play, every single moment. So it was like, no matter what you did, like you got to show it up that day. Whenever you got an opportunity, you got an opportunity, you got to show up. Hey, Bo, be... go ahead, go ahead, Mark. No, I, just, I got a question. So you, you bring up that 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 was the year that uh, after they lost to Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about your off seasons uh, at, at UF. Was that possibly the hardest one? Oh, Coming it was. That? Because because my hardest off season was the year the year when we lost in the Capital One and we won the national championship. Because yeah, that year we lost to Georgia too, and Georgia had six sacks, so they kept replaying that before every team workout, before every team ran. It just kept showing it, and everything was so hard. So was was that the hardest one? It was. Like I said, because I was a freshman, so I didn't really know any better. So. For me, it was, I wouldn't say, I mean, it definitely, all of them were tough. That was the most detailed and focused and in sync. Like that team was so focused mm-hmm. on winning that national championship that next year. Like everything was detailed. Everybody, like every single play, every single moment was so detailed. Right. Was so on point. Like, right. like I said, like I was a freshman. So it was like, they didn't expect me to play at all. I just happened to be blessed with talent and speed. And like I showed up to play, like, but they just, it was so detailed. Like, you, like if you weren't on point that day, you ain't play. Right. So it was like every moment, every single play, you had to be on point. You had to know what you was doing. You had to be precise. You had to be there. You had to be in the moment every single play. So so with Urban, we made everything out to be a winner, right? I know mm-hmm. Coach Muller came in and said, hey, we, we you know, play whatever. I want to kick your ass. We keep score. I want to kick your ass. Well, he, I think he gets that from Urban Meyer because – a lot of the things we did, you either won or you lost, right? And one of the big things uh, that that they used to always say was some do, some don't. Some make big plays, some don't. Some talk about it and, and do it, and some talk about it and don't, right? So we always had a winner and, and a loser. How intense were Spurrier's practices, and did y'all have a winner and loser or some some something similar to that? It's, it was more, more team-oriented. Because mm-hmm. I remember, like, 08, 
I was there like every single day. Oh wait, when they won the night championship, I was there every single day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all saw me there sitting up yep. there. I would walk there. I was there every single day that oh wait. Yeah. It was very like everything was competition. Right. But a lot of it was geared more toward individually in 08. Yep. And it and it and it went over to the team. But at Spurrier, it was more team. So okay. it was like we like we'll have like goal line. So offense, defense. So it was like the offense won or defense won. Yeah. One on one, seven on sevens, offense one or defense one. Like it was very competitive, uh-huh. but we didn't have more like in like maybe like one on ones. Yeah, you got individual ones. Like like certain ones that are kind of still trailing today. Right. But it wasn't as much one on one. It was more team. Like did you, you got, know, team won this quarterback got, stuff like that. So for the people who are listening, um, that didn't know, we I think the guys do it now as well. Um, some what we did was we got um. I think we got a few captains and we kind of did like a, like a draft. Right. And we would keep points by guys who, who, you know, if a guy missed class, that's a deductible point. You know, if he was late to a, a tutoring, that's a deductible point. Whoever had the most deductive points at the end of the week had to, I think, uh, work out the rest of the week, uh, next week at five or something like that. So each team was held accountable. Right. Did you guys put that in perspective of guys missing workouts or guys late did y'all get penalized for that typically it wasn't done as i would say as like position or team i got you that was more like if you like if you like if you miss class if you miss tutoring right if you missed anything the next day five o'clock in the morning you are running them stadiums like i remember before the arkansas game like I had a class that I dropped, so I wasn't going to it because I was the class was getting dropped. So I was going to my new class. Well, it the, it got to my coaches that I missed these classes, and it's like uh, you know nobody told me like I don't go to this class anymore. I'm in another class. Well, the day before the Arkansas game, I had to run stadiums, so I had to snake the stadiums like five times, yeah, all up and down, all the way around the stadium five times. The day before. Which I don't know how, like Arkansas game. That's the game. Like the beginning of the game, I took the kickoff to the house. So mm-hmm. my coach he gets he gets on the phone with me during games. Like, man, we need to have you run stadiums. And I was like, if you ever mention stadiums again, we gonna fight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was like, man, my legs are so jelly after that. But yeah, that's how we did. Like, if you mess, you did something you were supposed to do. That next morning, five o'clock in the morning, you win that stadium. We lost to Auburn. And it was like a nine o'clock game, and they're like an hour behind. Right, right. Lost to Auburn. The next, we we didn't get back to like two o'clock in the morning. Five thirty, three hours later, we was in the stadium running stadiums. Mm. Like that's how serious it was. Mm. So, mm. yeah, like if you ain't you wasn't doing what you supposed to be doing, either you're gonna pretty much you you're gonna you know you're gonna run these stadiums or run steps. They're gonna have you do something. They have Muscle yeah. Beach. Or you going home, and 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 that's different now from the kids now. You know, I spoke with a few mm-hmm. high school coaches, and they're saying, "Hey, we can't teach or treat these guys how we had you guys because the moment we tell them to run, they want to quit, or the moment we, we we try to discipline them as far as like running and 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 that sort of thing, they want to transfer." So it's it's different yeah, it's, nowadays. It's a different breed. Hey, Bo, <laughs> uh, get, run us through. 
through your mindset on your first kickoff return or a normal kickoff return in the swamp? I know your first time in that building had to be rocking and loud. What's going through your mind? Uh, we don't have a whole lot of kickoff returns. I think we went through a drought after you returning one. It took us a little while to get another one to the crib after you left. So what, what go, through your, go through your mind when you were sitting back there and the ball's about to be kicked? Typically, I got music in my head. Just like at the time, it was like Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. Oh, okay. I had that in my head. Like Alan Jackson or something, you know? Yeah, so um, I was like – so I was – that is kind of ringing my head, you know, you know, just getting hyped, just hoping because the Arkansas game was like the sixth game, man. Mm-hmm. And no team, like no, they all refused to kick it to me. Refused, like tennis, like Tennessee recruit. They refused to kick. They heard like, about there you. There's teams that, yeah, they are. They all recruited me, mm-hmm. so they refused <laughs> to kick it to me. So I don't know what happened with Arkansas. Is the beginning of the game? I think it was our homecoming. Did they recruit you? Not as hard as everybody else. Yeah, see, they ain't know. They ain't know. <laughs> so they kicked it, and I was like, hold on. I was like, this ball is coming to me. I was like, oh, yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. So I get the ball, and I'm like, all right. So I go straight, you know, just to see. Then I, I kind of take a slight angle if I see something busting open. It's kind of like I'm setting them up to move where I want them to move, like a domino effect. Mm-hmm. So if one player, like if one player moves off and I see a crack, I hit it. I go downhill as fast as possible. Because typically once you get one crack through a kickoff return, you hit it, you, you get down as fast as possible. You got it, but you got to see it and hit it as fast as possible. Yeah, kickoff's going to kickoff, hit it. Kickoff's usually going to run back straight downhill. It ain't going to be too much dancing. Yeah, it's like, like I said, it ain't going to be like, you know, left, right, juke here, juke there, because everybody's coming. Yeah. So it's like once you see a crack, you need to hit that crack as fast as, fast as possible and get downhill. And maybe one person there, you could just make a slight, like I said, a give and go, give make it think you're going one way and go the other way. But it's pretty much is like you get it and go. So typically, I get it. I get on. I start on a slight angle, kind of going toward the middle because I got the left hash or the right hash. Is that one was the left hash, and I go start going toward the middle, and then I start seeing the crack, and then I hit that crack. I saw it, I hit it, then I saw it was a kicker, and I kind of made a slight dip with my left leg and just went straight up. Then after so, that, it was so, pretty much just – So so what you're saying, you don't, you don't get tackled by kickers, right? <laughs> that, that what you're saying? You, nah, yeah, what you're telling us? No, nah, I, I, I know a kicker probably doesn't hit your leg or something. It, you know. I got one I got one, one time. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I just had to make and sure you it was, it was <laughs> It was my – look, it was Miami, so Lisa was an athlete. <laughs> uh, I had to make sure you was human because I, I think was, Matt Stafford hit my leg one time. Um, talk about uh, you guys' special teams a little bit. I know uh, Urban Meyer was a real stickler about his special teams, him and Coach Adazio with the kick return because, uh, you know, we did a lot of damage back there with Brandon James. Um, he was able to, to get us a good field position um, on a lot of drives. And, and ultimately, and that's what people don't understand, when you when, when you – Having having drive start at the, the 30, 35 yard line, you know that's that's great for an offense, right? And, and you can you can, you got a good chance of scoring. Um, talk about you guys' um, approach to special teams and how they spur your approach to special team meetings. Well, I mean, he got, he had like a special teams kind of coordinator, and they're pretty pretty detailed as far as like you know exactly who blocks who, so they know exactly who missed a block, who didn't make a block, stuff like that. 
Um, so it was. It definitely was a big deal. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's like, it's hard because when you're in the middle of it, you don't really notice how big of a deal. But you know, you still had your, your meeting. It's like always the first meeting of special teams. You had your special team players. Now we didn't have like back then. They really didn't have starters and all that involved in it. At one point, like my junior year, I was actually starting a couple games, and I had to tell them that I wanted to play special teams. Because I knew how important it was to get good field position, or even for me, it's like I just want an opportunity to make another play. Whenever I can get the ball in my hand, I just want to make plays. So it was like if that's another opportunity, I want it. Right. So it it was very for me. It's more of a prideful thing because I've been doing it since I was a kid. So like all them kick returns, like I've been doing, I've been running kicks back since I was a kid, since I first started. So it was always very important for me. I, and I remember, like, my first year talking to Redell, who returned KC. He was like, Redell was like, man, you know, this ain't high school. You ain't going to be able to do the same thing you did back in high school. You know, you play against bigger, faster players. Now I was like, all right. So, yeah, my freshman year Arkansas game, I take one to the house. I'm like, all right, Redell. Mm, okay. Advice, huh? <laughs> not, much, not much different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take his advice. You know, so it was yeah. like – Talk, talk that, that, that stuff, I think, huh? I think that was like, you know what? It's like, Yeah. But that that's I mean that's for like you everybody's so competitive, you got big time creditors. So it was like but special teams is like I said, yeah, Rado takes it out. Yeah, Jacquez Jacquez has taken punch to the house. So it just made like special teams is like definitely one of the most important things because it can change a game in a second, in a split second. You know, if you got playmakers that make plays like that, like like I said, people were kicking away from me. So we get in good field position all the time because, you know, you're kicking out. Well, now it's like at the 25, so you get like an extra yard. But it's like it makes a huge difference in field position as far as like it makes the offense doesn't have as far as to go. Fortunately, like kind of like the Urban Myers and Spurrier, like we had big time offenses. So it's like, you know, it's kind of a catch 22. So it's like either way, if like you wanted to give it to our special teamers, we could take advantage. Like you kind of want to save from, and also you want to save from all, from our offense. And the defense, they took plenty to the house too. So we, it was just a very special team. But special teams is like, it's very important. They're very detailed, which is it, it gives you a huge advantage because if, like I said, typically special teams is like if you got better players than the other team, you win. Right. If you got if you got the best athletes on it on there like on special teams, you win. Because you got people, you got to cover ground, you got to cover land. If you got people that can't play in space, you, you you're going to be exposed and you're going to get taken people. advantage of. Absolutely. Yeah, like you're going to take complete advantage of. It Bo, was, you so got some, kinda, go I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, you got some advice from Redell returning kicks, and um, you mentioned a, a couple of the receivers. What kind of advice you got from the running back room from the guys like Fred or um, Ernest Graham or those guys? Fred, I mean Fred was, I mean Fred was just cool. Fred, Fred was a beast. I, I remember I had like some people from my town come down. They first saw me, they thought he was a lineman. I was like, no, he's a starting running back. <laughs> <laughs> like, he defensive lines, no, that's the starting running back. No. Fred T, he was just real cool. He's just, you know, kind of giving me advice as, as far as, like, kind of taking care of myself, you know, kind of being more aggressive, reading holes, being, you know, being, you know, kind of mental, a mental aspect to it, you know, making sure that, you know, I was prepared, my body's prepared, because, you know, like, it's it takes a toll, it takes a beating, because a running back is not much different than a lineman. Like, every play, 
either you're going to hit somebody, you're going to get hit. It's, it's going to be physical contact. You know, because either you're getting the ball, you know, and people coming at you, or you're protecting the quarterback, which most of the time it's very often you're protecting the quarterback. So it was just right. one thing, like just preparing you, getting you ready, letting you know kind of how to be a professional. And he, he didn't do it much with words. He was more of a by example. You know, and he said, great example, because he played hard every play, every day. Mm-hmm. Like there was no no downs off. But what – what was your you, – you obviously have a lot of, you know, big memories, you know, a couple kickoff returns. You know, obviously had some explosive plays at the running back position. What are what are some plays or, or some memories that stick out in your mind? Memory that really sticks the, – the first one is winning that 96 national championship. Like, it was just – I was up in the stands at the time. Mm-hmm. But that week when they played Florida State, like that week, I, well, they actually asked me to play in the game. And I was like, I, don't, I was just like, do I lose a year of eligibility for one mm-hmm. game? Because when you're fresh, it's like, oh, we'll be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned from that one. Mm-hmm. So, but that week, like, I was, I played work done that week against the, against you know the defense. Mm-hmm. So it kind of let me understand how important like everybody was because like I was work done and work done destroyed them in the game before, mm-hmm. and I was literally destroying them in practice every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I got in a few cheap shots, but I was like, y'all better do the same thing to him. Mm-hmm. But it showed, like, that game stood out for me because it's like, it showed me that just because you play in the game doesn't mean that you, you you don't play in the game, doesn't mean you're not important. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I played that, and it made a huge difference because, like I said, you won 52 to 20, and work done didn't even, he didn't have pretty much a good part in the game. So mm-hmm. it showed me that the importance of the entire thing. So that stand, it stood out in my head because, like, not like everybody's important. Not just like just because you you're not there, you're not in the limelight, you know, you're not holding up a trophy, you're not scoring a touchdown, doesn't mean you're not important. So that kind of showed me that everybody is important. So that really stood out because it was like it's like even though you may be watching from the stands, you may be on the side on that play, doesn't mean you didn't do your part. So that really really stood out for me. Because it was like, you know, just because I'm not in the middle of it doesn't mean I'm not important to it. Yeah. So that that was like the biggest part for me is like getting my head on stop. Like, because everybody usually when you come from big time school is like, oh, yeah, what can I do? You know, like to be, you know, out in the middle of the stands making plays and doing all that. And it really showed me like, you know what, you can do things, you know, that are just as important as what's done on the field on that Saturday. Mm. You know what I mean? So that really stood out for me, especially, you know, because you're sitting there and you see the results, you know, the year before you lose Nebraska and then you're playing your rivalry again and you get that national championship and you, and you really like it really showed me the importance of all the parts, not just being in the middle of the play, playing the game. So that really stands out for me, you know, so that I don't, I don't I think- say that's the most important. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I just I, I don't think people understand and, and take that into consideration of um, the guys who prepare the team to get ready for the game that week. Um, that that that's a that's a huge idea. A uh, huge. I'm sorry, not idea. <laughs> that's that's a huge uh, part of, of a team going out and, and being successful on a Saturday. Um, when I was at Florida, you know, our our starters um, were were you know tremendous on both sides of the ball, but when we look at the guys who came in as on the scout squad, we had running backs like Mike Gillisley and, 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 and the, the pack, the pack 12 player freshman of the year, Moody, 
that was our scout running back, you know, things like that. So um, the guys who who help get the guys prepared that's going to go out there and play on Saturday are just as important, mm-hmm. just as important. Talk about uh, the night when those guys won the national championship. They were out in, uh, in, in New Orleans, right? Yeah, it was in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> How was that, man? Um, was, was it crazy? Yeah, it was – yeah – that was before Hurricane Katrina and everything. Like, it was just crazy. Yeah. Like, that, just being down there on that street is crazy every single night. But that night, yeah, that whole street was loaded from the beginning to the end. You uh, know, and it's a good, it's a good time. It's a good time. It was no, no problems, no trouble. Like, yeah, it was a yeah, good yeah, time. Yeah. So, like, we, went, it, we went there, and, and obviously, I, I was after Katrina. So, um, I actually got an opportunity to go there and play in the Sugar Bowl. And then I went and watched the Sugar Bowl when we when we lost to Louisville, and um, you know it, it it was a fun opportunity, right? Um, I couldn't even imagine winning a national championship there. It had to be uh, amazing out there. Yeah, I mean, it, pretty much it was Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, Mardi Gras is a whole other <laughs> level, but it was it was filled to the brim like Mardi Gras. Like it was just with a bunch yeah, of orange I, and blue, I, right? I was, yeah, all the way down, all the way down the ship, orange and blue everywhere. You know, you had a few Florida State Florida State people that showed up. You know, they, I mean, it's it's a rival, so you know, you got those households that are divided. So you yeah. got every and everything there, but it was a good night, celebrated. They were like, you know, uh, for some reason, Florida State fans love me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, man, da, da. I remember Bobby Bowden said, "Yeah, I should have recruited you because I got recruited to every single school except for Florida State." And that was actually the school I wanted to go to. Mm. Uh. So that was actually another motivating reason why I went to Florida. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, all right, y'all ain't gonna y'all ain't gonna pick me. I'm playing against you. Let's do it. All right, yeah. So, I know but, you trying to slide bodies without getting us some good New Orleans stories, bro. I need some juice. <laughs> ah, you caught that, huh? You know what I'm saying? Who took all the look, girls back to the hotel, look, bro? No, <laughs> no, hey, so, look, because when I asked him about New Orleans, he, he smiled pretty big over there. So he I'm kind of you know, great I, city. I I let him off the I let him off the hook because you know you know he, he didn't want to talk about it with us. I really See, I, I was I was a freshman college student. Well, man, I got too many stories in New Orleans. <laughs> just not even from that night, just from that week. Mm. That bro, like, still that whole week at the Sugar Bowl was crazy. So I can I can only imagine, bro. Pre pre Katrina, pre Katrina was probably crazy. <laughs> Crazier, probably crazier, because probably you know it wasn't nobody watching at the time. Probably after Katrina, he's trying to make sure everything's okay. No curfew. Yeah, pre Katrina. Nah, it it was crazy. No curfew. So, 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 so gave boys curfew. Or what? So I'm trying to see what old ball coach let y'all run the streets. Nah, they had curfews. I I wasn't playing, so I ain't have one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so that's why that's why my stories a little bit different. Yeah, got some hand grenades. Yeah. Way different. Hey, I, I like to keep my keep my innocence for the day. <laughs> hey, Bo, what do you think stopped you from putting it all together? We know how what kind of athlete you was, the speed. Uh, I just remember I was a kid at the time. I just remember uh, just you just having some struggle games and and not being able to take it to that next level. What do you think held you back from doing that? It's a tough one. It's like I felt as though I did everything I could do with mm-hmm. the opportunities I was given. So it wasn't like it was something like I wasn't trying. Like I said, I, I did play two sports. Mm-hmm. So I did football and then my track. So I didn't have an off season. Right. 
So maybe if I had a maybe if I if I had a went to football and actually was like in it a hundred percent, you know, because like I after the seat after like after I was done, like I started playing like pro ball and I I, I was up went up to two hundred pounds, like easy, mm-hmm. because I could finally eat and I could finally train and do things I needed to do. But I, like I said, when I was in college, I decided to play football and run track. So I also had a chance to also you know run the Olympics. So it's kind of like I had kind of two things going. So it's like in order for me to be successful as a track runner, I couldn't put on a lot of weight. And at the same time, like, you know, I was pretty successful for football, not as much as I could have been because I couldn't put on a lot of weight to really take kind of the beating you got to take, especially for SEC. So it's one thing is like, yeah, I felt as though the way I see it is like I did everything I do with the opportunities I was given. I did the best I could do because, like I said, it's Florida. So it's not like the people you're next it's pretty much is like you're competing every single day so it's not like you're playing you're, you're battling against ordinary people right everybody there is all american everybody mm-hmm. there is all all state so it's not like your excuses that you know you're better and they screws is like now nah, like everybody's competing everybody may be different and do their thing differently but you're still competing against the best in the world mm-hmm. so it's like I felt as though, yeah, I have moments where I'm like, yeah, I, mean, I could have did this if I stuck to, you know, one sport. Was pretty much would have been football, but at the same time, it's like back in those days. In order for me to really survive college, like I really needed to do both sports. I mean, I wanted to do them, but it's like football. Like during the weekend, you go, you know, you have the game, and they give you five dollars like the night before for our movie night. That's supposed to get you like a drink and popcorn. And then after the game is over, you get $15 for the weekend. So it was like, all right, I got to wash clothes, you know, stuff like that. Well, when I ran track, you know, when you went on trips or anything, like, you know, it's a, all, it's a whole different season. You get per diem. So when I go out to like, we go to Iowa, we go anywhere, even if we have a meet there at Florida, you get per diem. Now per diem is like almost, it's like almost close to $100 per day. Mm-hmm. Now back then you didn't get, to eat, you, you got like 10 meals a week. So it was like, when you get to the end of that week, you're like, all right, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. You ain't got it. But since I'm running tracks, since I'm constantly involved in some, I got some sort of income coming in where I can take advantage mm-hmm. and eat but, and but, wash my clothes. But hold on, wait. But hold on, wait. I look on Twitter every day and, and see people say, but you're on scholarship. They give you no. your schooling for free. <laughs> You, right? No, it, it's like the only good thing is like, all right, when when it's over, I don't have to pay nothing back. Mm-hmm. But I paid for it with my body. <laughs> that, so that's my what, body, that's, my that's, soul, like it's that's a conversation that just, and that's so hard for people to understand, right? Um, it's like pretty much, I, it's a job. I worked for it. Right. Like when you hear people say they played at college, they say it's a career. They don't say it's like, yeah, I played in college. You know, I had a good. No, it's a career because you are. Mm-hmm. It's a job. Right. Like I, you got to answer to like 50 people. You can't miss class. You can't miss practice. You can't miss a workout. You yeah. need to be here at this time. You need to be here at that time. You know, like you don't have any days off. Talk. Like, so it's like you, you worked every single, like every single thing you did was pretty much looked at and like pinched that. I'm, I'm glad it's not today because you know, you don't get the video and see it. Right. But it's like, then it's like every single detail, like from when you woke up to when you went to sleep, was already planned out for you. So that's so, why, well, like, my college time went by faster than I can even imagine. 
So it's funny you how, say how that. Do, I, hold on, hold on, real quick. I want to ask you guys that. How does that affect your life, like post football? So oh, that was I, my that, so that was my question. Talk about how that affects because I think that's one thing that. And, I, and I'm sorry, sir, I don't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you're good. But you're that's good. one of the things that people take for granted, right? Because we always talk about silk on it on the timeline. We talk about mental health. I think people just be saying that shit sometime to be in the fad. Oh, yeah, because yeah, it's cool. Because it's yeah. cool, right. but that's the cool thing to talk about, right? Not cool, but it, but, it, it's, but it's yeah, trendy. because that, that's trendy. what's trendy right now. Correct. We talk about it, but we don't do nothing to to help it, right? Talk about your 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 life after football and how did that affect you when you had nobody saying, "Hey, you need to do this X, Y, and Z at this time." And da 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 da. Well, for me, because I I was kind of already going through that in high school where I, I kind of, everything was so detailed. Like, I didn't have an off-season. Like, I did football, basketball, indoor and outdoor track. And then during the summertime, I ran, like, AAU track. So I always was on a timeline. I always was busy. It's just when you got to college, you know, but it's like high school, you, you chose to do that. And college is like, no, this is what it is. Like, one, one day, I think I was sick, and they came knocking on my dorm room, like, hey, you need to be here. I was like, I like I can't even get out of bed. That's how sick I was. I think I got like a root canal that just went wrong. Like, I couldn't get out of bed. Like they were like on me from every second. So it was like after like posted, it's like your mentality is different. Like now every every job I do, I'm like a hundred to ten percent. Like cause like no matter what I'm doing, I don't care if I'm wrapping presents. Like, it has to be done at the, the best I could do it, the fastest I could do it, the most efficient way I can do it, and it needs to be done at a specific time. Or I feel as though I failed. Now, the people, like, a lot of the people that actually work in the regular world, they're looking like, man, you doing too much, you too fast. Like, I hear this all the time. Like, you you doing over was I know. Like, this is how I'm trained. I'm trained. If I don't do it right, pretty much I ain't going to have this job. Like, that's kind of how my mentality is now. Like, like, I work at the post office. Like, if I'm carrying a route, like, I need to get it done as fast as I can, make sure that everything is correct and everything's detailed. Like, everything is done right. Mm. It's like I've been so trained to be on a time schedule. It's like when you meet people that are not like that, which most people are like that, you're kind of like, like, how like how do you do it? Because it's like, like, mentally, it's like I'm so, like, what mentally happens? trained to, like, what happens? Because me and Amar had some talks, and I talked to like several NFL guys or whatever. What happened when that schedule's pulled from you, and all you've been doing is football since you was like five, and all you know is that that, that schedule of football. I got to be here at this time, that time, and then that ends. Like there's a point in time in NFL, college, um, that where that ends, and nobody's setting you a schedule on this where you got to be. And, and and a lot of time, all these guys know is ball. Well, for me. Like I said, because I was introduced to so many different things. Like I said, I ran track, I played basketball, and I, but I right, also right. I was involved in so much other than football. Like I said, I come from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. so you, the mentality up there isn't football's life. Right. Like I said, I I had Kobe, I had Rip, I had plenty of people telling me like, "Yo, ain't nobody even checking for you. Your season's mm-hmm. over. We ain't we ain't even know you you even exist anymore. Right. So you need to find something else to do." So for me. That wasn't my mentality. Like my like football for me never was always life. 
you know, it wasn't like when I got down to Florida, it was like, okay, like, like this is important. Like, this is like big time. Like, this is the top of the food chain. But where I come from, it was like, nah, like, when you're off season, like, was all, like I had, if I didn't play basketball, I, ain't had, I wasn't going to have no friends. Because hmm. everybody played basketball. You know, track kind of got me to see the country in the world because it got me outside of my little town to let me know there's right. more than just, you know, my little town. Right. So for me, when all that was over, I was already trained and I seen so many different options and introduced to so many different ways of life, mm. even through work and everything. I didn't have that mentality like, oh, football is it. And that's it. Like when I got to like when I got to Cleveland for the Browns, you know, like they had me a receiver. I never played that position ever. Hmm. And I'm going up against like four receivers that are under contract and them been there like for like four years. So they know what they're doing. So I'm like, all right. So it didn't work out. So now I'm like, all right. So, you know, you're waiting for the next person, you know, from some team to be like, oh, yeah, let me pretty much put my house up and give you a chance to play on my team. And I was like, look, I'm not going to let some people tell me what my life is going to be like. Like, I'm not waiting on you to tell me whether I can play a game I love or not. You know what I mean? Like, my mentality wasn't like that. I was like, no, nah, like, I love the game, but this is more to life than just football. And, you know, but I've been through, like, I had, like, a lot of trial tribulations where at one point, like, I was going to quit football because I was going through so much. And football wasn't fun for me because the team I was on at the time, they were about themselves. And it didn't, like, to me, football is a family thing. You play football, you're sacrificing everything for each other. And I was on a team at that time that wasn't about each other. So I was like, I quit. But the coach and my family was like, nah, you know, stick to it, stay with it, you know, we'll take care of you. But, but that's kind of where my mentality was. Like, I was at a time where, because I went through so much in my life, that I knew there was more important things than football, like life. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I still got to live. Like, like football, I really didn't dream about being a pro player mm-hmm. because, you know, when you see the effects of it and what it does to people, I had to think outside of that box mm-hmm. alone, mm-hmm. like, when I was younger. So I was very fortunate to where I didn't make football my A, B, C through Z. Mm-hmm. I had to see life for more than just football. So that's why that's kind of like when it was all over, I knew premise is like I'm a hustler. It's like I have to hustle. You premise you got to work to give you what you want. So ever since then, no matter what I did, I still go through the same mentality. Like I'm gonna work my butt off and do whatever I need to do to get what I want. You know. So for me, I was very fortunate that once football was over, I didn't see it as like, oh man, life is over. You might need to start over. It was like, nah, like this is this is what it is. Like I got to enjoy. I still got to live it. Because, you know, you like you, you read them stories where people that have died, you know, afterwards, after pro career, because they didn't know anything. And it's like from those lessons, I learned that I got to see something more than just football. Right. right. I got to see something more than just sports, because if I don't, like, I don't want to premise. I'll just be another statistics, which premise as a premise as a black male. That's all you're taught is you're going mm-hmm. to be a statistic. And I definitely was not going to be that regardless. So I was going to do whatever it took to make sure that I was trying to be as successful at whatever I did. It may not be grandioso. It may not be out there. It may not be, it may not be on TV, but it's like whatever I did, I just want to make sure that I was doing the best I could. That I promise, once you get to a point, it's like, all right, what type of lifestyle do you want to live? Like me, I want to go to Disney and I want to go to Universal. 
So, you know, I, I get annual passes, I go there and I get to be a kid again. To me, that's successful because I get to, it helps me enjoy life. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't doing it now because of the virus. <laughs> but, but, but that's, to me, like, that's the lifestyle I want. I want to be comfortable, go have fun. Like, that was more important to me. Like, what's going to make me happy? And like I said, I was very fortunate that I had other options. People showed me other things. Like, I've won poetry contests. Mm. I've done written, like I've done spoken word. Like I've done so much more than just football. That's why I was like, for, like I've been, people told me to write books and stuff like that. So to me, I think some people even told me to be like, even they want me on like ESPN to do pretty much what Jesse's doing, which I mm. laugh because I play with him. So it's hilarious. Because <laughs> people don't get to see the funny side of Jesse because Jesse is hilarious. One of the funniest people ever. They don't get to see that. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I was very fortunate to be like, look, football does not define me. It's not going to define me. I'm not going to let it be the beginning and the end of me. Mm. I love it to death because it showed me more than I ever could have imagined. More than I ever could imagine. Like I said, I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm Florida. Now being in Florida, they don't have to recruit outside the state. Mm. So, and now it's like, the funny part is like, now I'm part of Florida alone, which is like amazing. Because every time I go back to that university and I see that stadium, I see all the sports, and I'm like, wow, like, I played there. Like, mm-hmm. I was a part of that. Like, it's, like I said, for me, because I got to see so much, it may, it, it, it shows me that, you know, what I did was special. Mm-hmm. That I, 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 you know, like, I worked my butt off. It all paid off for me. Like, what you worked for, you know, was awesome. Because now I'm a part of that. That's and what, uh, Florida, once you get to know people, you're family. Once you're what- in, you're in. That's what Urban used to always try to get us to understand and, and to kind of like realize at, at that moment that, hey, you know, one day you're going to want to come back. You're going to want to say, hey, you know, look what dad did to your kids. And, you know, you want to want to show people, you know, the success you had when you were at Florida. Um, when you come back into that stadium and you get to see your picture and you get to see the team that you played on and those guys, you know, uh, you know, having camaraderie and hanging around each other and winning championships. And that's what we do it for. Um, yeah, we, we you know, we do it to to, you know, you know, get our school paid for and, you know, possibly to get a degree and possibly make it to the NFL. But ultimately, what what lasts longer, that NFL career or the memories that you're going to make here and, and the family that you're going to make here? And I know you still talk to guys that you play with still, because I definitely do all, all the time. You know, I, yeah. right before we got on, on, on the show, I was on the phone with Moses Jenkins. So, um, you know, all of my guys that I played with in college are kind of still like kind of like my, my, my good friends now life <laughs> Bo, want to want to wrap this up obviously you had the, the chance to play w- with some incredible you know players and incredible coaches what's a what's a steve spurrier story that sticks out to you <laughs> so many of them um, if, you, if, if, just, if you throw in a spurrier accent we appreciate it too uh, it's kind of it's kind of hard to do the old ball coach now it's kind of hard to do them you know you got to be on one you can't just do you know you can't go fool around with that. You got to be really – they got to throw in the shoe. Shoot. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. Shoot, Jesse. <laughs> Shoot, Doug. This all like, Shoot, Doug. Shoot, Jesse. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Shoot. I could have thrown that. Dang. Kids hey. days. Hey, that's a, good, that's a good expression, though. Like, you, you're pretty good at it. <laughs> you gotta, gotta say shoot. Hey, when, yours is better than Bates, man. And Bates does a good one. Bates is on – Bates is on a whole other level. Nobody can bait. bait I don't know, Bates, bro. Bates, I don't Batesy. know. Batesy, what you doing, Batesy? 
<laughs> and you gotta hit you gotta hit it with a my man. Hey my man. <laughs> he called me by my first my first name one day I was in shock and I was like, what? Because he always say my man. He, he, he called nah, me. No, he's man. like, he's like, hey bo, hey bo. One day he called me Damon. <laughs> he's like, Damon. I was like, is he calling me by my government name right now? Like, what <laughs> what, hey bro. What what day is it? Because it was so funny because Bates tell a story about how he went around he went around the locker room and shook all the, the players' hands and all the main guys. He would, you know, he'll say their names and then when he gets to the walk on, he'll call him a man. And I thought <laughs> I just thought it was so funny because he probably didn't, you know, Bates said he probably didn't know his, know his name. Well, I did uh Danny's event with him and I, you know, I'm going around shaking hands and whatnot, and I go to Spur you. And he was like, How you doing, my man? And I'm like, dog. <laughs> I'm like Coach don't know my name. <laughs> hey, Silk, I felt like a walk on right quick, man. He called me my man. So that's funny. Uh, yeah. The one, I think the one moment that kind of stood out to me with Coach Spurrier, we was in practice. He stops practice. So everybody stop practice. Night practice. Stops it. Say, like, hey, fellas. Look up at that moon, right? He said, oh, isn't it beautiful? I was like, you just stop the middle of practice for everybody to look up at the moon? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wild. <laughs> like, we sitting there, we, we sitting there busting our tails doing, and you just stop, just stop doing the practices so everybody can look up at the moon. And it's like, at the time, you're like, are you crazy? And now it's like, dang, you know, I, I guess it really kinda, does show me that I need to appreciate the moment. <laughs> the, the, the little things, right? Yeah, it's like you need to appreciate it just, the little He just, just got a different different way of showing it. Yeah, that's why like everybody asks, like, what do you think of Spurrier? I was like, the one thing I can say about Spurrier that I love is he is honest. It is hard to find, like, an honest coach. Like, he's honest from the beginning. He is honest. He's, he's like, my junior, he said, I was, you know, pretty much, oh, we just, we just want you to play, you know, special teams. I was like, oh, really? So I'm fifth straight. I was like, okay. And then I ended up, like, starting some games. I was, like, all first team on SEC, like, all purpose, you know, because I just from that, from him being honest, it let me know exactly where I was, motivated me by, okay, this is this is what y'all think? All right, I'm going to show y'all. But he was, he's been honest. Like, since the very first day I met, he's been honest. It's hard to find that for somebody, like, from every single moment, like, like there's no lie in him whatsoever. He may, <laughs> you may not hear it the way you want to hear it, but he's not going to lie to you. <laughs> it may sound like the most like arrogant and sarcastic thing ever, but he's not going to lie to well, you. He definitely going to so tell it's you. Like, yeah, he's going to give know. it to you a thousand percent. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, just that was the one, that one night I was like, did he really just stop us to look at the moon? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Middle practice. <laughs> well, Bo, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you for giving you know so much of your evening to, to chat with us. Thanks so much for what you did for uh, for the Gators. Is are you pretty active? I mean, obviously you and I connect on social media. Is there, are you active on social media, or working people kind of catch up and follow up with you? I mean, they could probably catch me on Twitter. I think I got just about every social media thing there is. Now I may not respond because <laughs> I work six days a week. Yeah, overnight. Mm. But just as you would know, I but do. that one day I'm off, I'll get yeah. back to you. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it, Bo. It has been a pleasure to to have you on. You have incredible stories, incredible perspective, and, and we really appreciate. It. We'd love to have you back on in the future. Big time. Oh, any, appreciate it, anytime. Bo.
Anytime. Awesome, brother. We'll talk to you soon, and go Gators. All right, go Gators. Now, that was a phenomenal interview with Bo Carroll. Really enjoyed spending time with him. He's a great Gator, great guy, a great perspective. With that, let's get into our recruiting segment, which is sponsored by our friend Carlton Black with Cardinal Financial. He's licensed in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. So if you are in the process of buying a home, you want to take advantage of low interest rates, if you want to refinance, if you want to do whatever uh, it takes uh, to uh, put yourself in the best financial position with your mortgage in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Virginia, give him a call 404-769-5501 or email him at carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. If you're a real estate agent and you want to partner with somebody that can help with your clients and their mortgage, give him a buzz 404-769-5501, carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. So I want to talk to you a little bit about recruiting. Mentioned his name last week, but Taven Jackson, quarterback out of Indiana, along with quarterback Nick Evers out of Texas, seem to be your 1A and 1B options. Have you heard anything else since last week about the recruiting board at quarterback? No, no, no. That's what I'm pretty much hearing. Um, virtual business and all that set up, so all that's going down. Um, also got some spring visits set up. I, I would like to know if Taven, Taven Jackson's visit set up yet. No, right? Not that, Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, I know Nick Evers had a visit sometime in the last couple of days. Uh, he spoke very highly. He spoke to Corey Bender of Rivals uh, about his visit there. I know that he's got some other visits uh, that he has as well. I don't know how quickly he's looking to make his commitment. Uh, I don't know how quickly Taven Jackson's looking to make his commitment. Both guys are still being heavily recruited, especially by schools that don't have a quarterback right now. Uh, that are are looking to grab one. Uh, this is the time that quarterbacks get off the market pretty quickly, uh, and Florida desperately needs a quarterback in this class. Uh, do you prefer one over the other, or I like both guys? I have they both have their the pros and the cons. Uh, I like Taven Jackson a little bit more just because he uh, he's a winner. He's won state championships. Um, both have big arms. I think uh, can't go wrong with either either guy's arm. Uh, Taven's a little taller, uh, more of an athlete in my in my opinion. The uh, point guard, shooting guard, and on, on a, a very good basketball team. He's a good basketball player. Come from an athletic family. His brother's about to be a first round draft pick in the NBA. Um, so I just like the pedigree and, and, and what I see on film from Taven Jackson. Um, Nick Evers is just. Uh, I think the physical tools are there. Uh, like a, the big arm, he's mobile. He can move around, do some things. He's not really uh, a dual threat, but he can do some things and and and, and do what he got to do when he get in open space. But he won four games, you know. Um, it's hard. I don't know any quarterback that's been recruited from losing programs like that and has been successful in, in, in on the college level. So um, that's my only knock against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my only knock against Taven Jackson is that he looks like Spencer Rattler. But outside of that – yeah, the hair, the hair does yeah. look like noodles. That that bothers me a little bit, but I could get past it. Yeah, I'll get over it. Uh, he he's blowing up. Um, he got an offer from Tennessee, Illinois, and North Carolina State over the last couple of days. Uh, I know that his uh, stock is 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 rising, you know, quite a bit. Um, I like him. I prefer him over Nick Evers. He's not as 
I think he's rated just a little bit below him, uh, but I think he's got a higher ceiling. I think he's just right. I, I think he's a little bit more athletic. Uh, I like his uh, his size. I like what 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 he could grow into. Um, you know, but but Florida's going to need one or the other here pretty soon, uh, and I hope they're able to grab one or the other uh, because the options at two, three, four, and five just don't look. Uh, yeah, I think Nick a- Nick Evers is. I think is going to come down to us in TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, just that local appeal. He's from Texas, right? Uh, we we've been, I think, recruiting them longer than Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm-hmm. Taven Jackson, I don't know. It's kind of a mystery to me. I know his brother plays basketball in Indiana. He's from Indiana, so that could be a possible pick from him. Just like because they're the, they're the home team favorite. Uh, outside of that, I don't know where we stand on his board. Right? Um, what's his interest level? I don't know if he set up visits. I have to get more information, man. I'm just. I've been crazy busy, so I'm not up to date on everybody as far as like their visits and who's going where right now. Right. Uh, just this year, he's gotten offers from TCU, Nebraska, Texas A&M, South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee, UCF, UCLA, Auburn, Illinois, North Carolina State. Uh, so his um, his stock is going through the roof. Michigan, Oregon. Georgia Tech, Florida State, Arkansas, Oklahoma State. So he's absolutely a guy that that is exploding up the boards. Um, I think that he's going to be a, a big impact player wherever he goes. Uh, you know, in a few years, he definitely needs some development. He's not going to come in and and be a day one starter anywhere he goes. But he's a uh, he's a hell of a talent. He's my he's my number one. Uh, moving on from that, Christian Miller, the four star defensive tackle. Uh, out of Georgia, uh, he's ranked 118th on Rivals. Was supposed to announce his commitment on April 4th, and it seemed like Florida was leading uh, for uh, for Christian Miller. Uh, his list included Florida, Georgia, USC, Indiana, Georgia Tech, and Ohio State. Certainly, pushing that back past April 4th is not a good sign for Florida. Certainly doesn't mean they're out of uh, contention there, but certainly Florida felt confident about their uh, chances of landing him. Um, so as it goes this season in recruiting, I guess. Uh, Oklahoma defensive back Gentry Williams, uh, he's a top 100 guy on Rivals, uh, announced his top six. Florida did make that list, and he is having a virtual visit tonight on March 8th. Uh, we mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Florida has been in contact with former five-star Clemson defensive back Darian Kendrick. Uh, it is my understanding, talking to a few folks, that Florida is not pushing for his commitment as of March 8th. They are in communication with him, uh, but I don't know if we will see Mr. Kendrick in orange and blue, uh, but that could certainly change. Cool. Anything yeah. else recruiting related? No, I don't have a whole lot, man. I'm going to get back in the swing of things. Uh, I've been on my, my black lately since I have so much family stuff going on, but I'm, I'm a little in the dark right now in, in, in the recruiting. Yeah, um, there's not there's not a lot going on. Not a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. So I think everybody's in the dark, right? Even the staff. Even the staff. <laughs> Sitting at a, where, are we at? where are we at right now? Where are we ranked? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. We have two commitments. One okay. four-star and one three-star. Okay. So I'm going to venture 34. She just say 35 because mine not here. Yeah. Let, let's see. We'll, we'll pull it up real quick. Let's see. Team rankings. Rivals.com. 
class of 2022, which makes me a class of 2010 feel old. So Florida is currently ranked. Sorry, I'm still scrolling here. Florida's ranked number 31. Number mm-hmm. 31, right smack dab in between Michigan State and Arizona. Yeah, I'm not concerned about any rankings or nothing. Like it's it's just an unknown year. Uh, I am concerned yeah. about like the interest level of like I watched the interviews and and the quotes from recruits over the past weekend at these camps and these 707 events, and it's just, I'm just not hearing the buzz. Like you know when you when you when you're getting some buzz and, and some traction on the recruiting trail when you start hearing these interviews and these from these recruits, and I'm just not hearing the buzz from the about the staff right now. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not concerned about the number. I'm just concerned about the lack of buzz at these camps and these events from in, in, in the words and in these interviews from these recruits. It's just been a little quiet. And sh- big shout out to Cam who dropped in the line that I was class of 2006. You're right, Cam. Graduated high school in 2006. I'm getting old. Um, but no, that I, I would agree. So it's, it's definitely a concern. Um, I'm not seeing Florida trending in the right direction for a lot of players. It certainly doesn't mean that that can't change, but I look at a lot of the top prospects. I look at a lot of the top, you know, playmakers. I look at people that should be attracted to Florida's, you know, at least offense, um, nowhere, absolutely nowhere. Um, you know, Florida's making some top tens and some top sixes and some top fives and some top fours, but I don't feel comfortable, uh, uh, about many of those people that were in the top list for certainly things could change. And I think that they will, um, you know, Florida's going to get a, a recruiting class. Um, and we find out uh, if there, is there a plan on, I think us losing coach Coop was a, was a, was a loss. Yep. And um, one of the guys that can really recruit on, on, on a staff that don't have a lot of recruiters. And so to, we can make it seem, Oh, he's off the field guy. But right now that feels like a big blow. Uh do they plan on replacing him? What's the move there? They do that. plan on replacing him. I, I don't know when that announcement is going to be made. I, I don't know who the options are. I don't know where they're at with the interview process. I would imagine that Florida wants to recruit him. And you know, I will say this, nobody knew who David Cooper was when he got hired. Uh, so whenever the next person gets hired, if it's not a name you're familiar with, don't freak out. I know it's the internet and you're going to freak out regardless, but <laughs> um, don't, don't freak out. And also know that this is a position that is going to turn over a lot. Shout out to David Cooper for getting a promotion, but, but no, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know who's leading the charge uh, recruiting wise. I know Kiwan's out there. I know he's talking to a lot of folks, uh, but outside of that, there, there's other names on this staff that have the same role, whose names I never hear. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm very find, find out um, when when you find whoever you get your stuff from. You know what I'm saying? Because um, yeah, yeah, your source. Ask your source. Mm. What's up with Bay with Baker? Dallas Baker, my man, Dallas Baker. When you get him on staff, man, he's just vibing. Oh yeah, so. According to my source, Dallas Baker has talked to UF, um, not for a on-field position role. Obviously, there's not one of those um, available, but he has stayed in contact. He has talked to Dan Mullen. Um, if Florida wanted to bring Dallas Baker on, I, I can say with 100% certainty that he would uh, accept that job, uh, but I don't know uh, what that looks like, and I don't know if Florida is looking to potentially add him as an analyst, as a, uh, a recruiting person um, but I do know that he has been in contact with Dan Mullen and the staff but but that's about the end of it for right now very well yeah 
Well, let's get a quick Brunt ad read, and let's let's go through uh, everybody's favorite list of the week and my Gator news. One time for the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Uh, my man Greg just – my wife just switched over. She hit Greg up and switched to homeowner's insurance over to Brunt. Smooth process, Dan. A um, few emails, one call. Zippity-boo, zippity-bow. We got homeowner's insurance, man. Um, anything you need insure, auto, trailer, uh, renter's insurance, life insurance, my man Greg can take care of you. 954-589-2204. He said he know you guys got the phone number locked down. Everybody can remember the phone number from all these big three roll-up ad reads. But be sure to visit bruntinsurance.com. Bruntinsurance.com. Greg, what it do, man? Big coverage. Greg, I have a lead coming to you. I'm actually texting him right now. I took him out on the boat the other day. He he needs some new insurance, so he's going to be giving you a call, 954-589-2204. So, Silk, everybody's favorite listicle, Florida Gators Gymnastics secures an SEC title. Beating number six, listicle, Alabama. Listicle sound crazy. I was confused for a second. That's, I, I believe it's uh, list is the root word of listicle. I, I don't know. I'm not an English major, but it is a word. So Florida tell, Gator Gymnastics goes undefeated, beats number six Alabama, wins the SEC. Congratulations. We want Bama, huh? We, we, we beat we, Bama. We, we wanted Bama. We got them, and we beat their ass, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Already, already. Uh, Shout out to gymnastics, man. That's dope, man. Yeah, I think they're the odds-on yeah. favorite for um, for the national title. Uh, shout out to uh, Stadium Gale legend Jenny Rowland for for talking to us before the season's – pardon me, before the season started. She was high on this team, high on Trinity Thomas, and, and look at that. An undefeated mm-hmm. season in the regular season, win the SEC, odds-on favorite to win the national championship. I'm here for it. You want to, you want to go out, you guys want to go up to, uh, to Gainesville during the, uh, national championship. And if we win, go storm university Avenue. In a pandemic. That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe I mean, I saw, it, it was football. I, ri- I risked the Rona for a football national championship. I'm on record for that. Well, Jenny Rowland, an avid listener of the show, just know that I will go and storm university Avenue. Um, Maybe just be me, but I'll be out. Yeah, yeah, you'll be social distancing. Oh, no, Ahmad will be there, too. Ahmad will definitely be there. Oh, him and the fam, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacob Young um, has now hit 30 – has hit a fair ball and gotten a hit in 30 straight games, which broke the UF hit streak. So, shout out to Jacob Young. The Gators are number five in the country. They went three and one last week. They had a bad loss to FAU in 10 innings, but then they went around and swept FAMU on Friday and Sunday. They played Tuesday against Georgia State. I think things are starting to turn around for the Gators baseball program. Top five teams in the country are all SEC teams, so it's going to be a tough uh, regular season. The University of Florida men's basketball program loses to Tennessee. They were without Trey Mann, but Florida moves to four and eight in regular season games under Mike White at the University of Florida. Uh, The Gators women's basketball team lost in the second round of the SEC tournament to Kentucky after beating Auburn in the first round. So I believe their season is done. 
So uh, congratulations to Cam Newbauer and his program for another uh, another season, uh, and hopefully next season uh, is a little bit better. Had a really strong out-of-conference schedule, just couldn't quite get it done in the SEC uh, this season. Gators lacrosse beat Stetson. Uh, they're 3-1 and one in the season. Caitlin Dabkowski, Dab Shannon Cavanaugh, and Danielle Pava, pa- Pavanelli, I guess, uh, picked up. <laughs> Uh, AAC accolades uh, during week four. So shout out to those. Uh, shout out to those three. Softball went two and one. They beat New Mexico State. They Let's beat go. FSU. Let's uh, go. And, and then they lost FSU. However, and we were down against FSU, and I was like a little sad. And I yeah. thought it was baseball, and it was somebody was like, "Nah, so that's uh, softball." <laughs> I was like, I was like ready to fire Sully. You know, you, you weren't you weren't as sad anymore. I said, um, I said, did somebody sub Sully out for uh, Mike White? <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Hightower, SEC Pitcher of the Week. Uh, she's seven and zero in the season. She got two wins uh, this season. Gators are fourteen and one. Held opposing batters over the last uh, couple of games to just a, a point zero five seven batting average. Uh, only gave up two hits and one run in eleven innings. So shout out to Elizabeth Hightower. Uh, UF men's tennis beat Tennessee and Georgia. They're up to 10 and one on the season. So shout out to them on the flip side. Unfortunately, the women's tennis program lost to both Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, UF women's volleyball, I guess the only volleyball at Florida won both matches against Arkansas uh, this weekend. Lauren Dooley was the SEC defensive player of the week. The Gators volleyball team is 14 and two this season let's go that's the end of my list where we rank um in volleyball two losses gotta be ranked pretty high right yeah i would imagine the top 10 i uh did not do that research my apologies to mary wise and her program but i would imagine florida somewhere between one and five like it i know i could research that right now and get you an answer but no you don't have to yeah well uh, I i trust you yeah, I'll leave it to next week. Just wait on pins and needles for next week about what we might uh, be ranked in volleyball. I'm starting to enjoy your little list thing, man. I appreciate that. Now, I used to like I used to log out mentally, but now I'm like really enjoying it, like the updates. I, I appreciate that. I try to add some some flair. I try to give some shout outs to people. I apologize if I mispronounce your name. I don't practice before the show starts. I can uh, tell. So, yeah. So. You know, shout out to shout out to the Gators lacrosse team and uh, other people that have names that, that I may not be able to pronounce very well. But you keep winning those awards, I promise you'll learn it. Yeah, yeah. You keep balling, and eventually they don't they, they learn how to pronounce it, right? Right. Yeah. Everybody knows how yeah. to say Luka Doncic now. You know, so I'm gonna figure it out. But that was a bad example, but you know, show goes. <laughs> Oh, silk, silk, silk. Uh, you want to give our friends at uh, Manscaped a uh, a shout-out real quick? Yes. One time for the great folks at Manscaped.com. Be sure when you visit Manscaped.com, you use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, they got the lawnmower 3.0, which works in great in the shower. You're not going to electrocute yourself. You're not going to snag your balls. Everything's going to be snipped up and good when you finish, man. Uh, get you a nice manicure. Uh, we have the weed whacker. Everybody don't use the weed whacker. I use mine. Dan and, and the mod, they, they, they're still young boys. 
They're not getting the nostril hair. I'm getting nostril hair, so I'm in, you know, letting the weed whacker do what he do. Everything's still working for me. I need a lot more 4.0 soon, Dan. I need a new package, some new underwear. Uh, my ball deodorant is running low. I don't think I should be purchasing it. I think I should just get free ball deodorant because I talk about ball deodorant every week. It's the least they could do, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's it's the most important thing that you can do for your body in 2021. So so talk to your ball deodorant plug at, at Manscaped. Let them know we need some new ball deodorant. And, you know, y'all boys, make sure y'all got y'all ball deodorant too because it's still cool out, but spring is coming eventually. Spring is coming. When we go out and celebrate Gators Gymnastics on University Avenue, you'll probably need some. I don't know, man. The weather machine been tripping. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, Silk, uh, we were talking a little bit about it before the show started. Kiwan Ratliff has been putting out his list of top five Gators at every position. He's doing it as much as I love him in a slightly cowardly way because he's not putting them in any order. He's just listing five, uh, which you know probably keeps uh, his mentions at bay a little bit more. But next week, I say we break some of those down and you know maybe we'll put together some top five lists ourselves. Yeah, what's his safeties look like? I don't know. He's not there yet. Ah, oh, man, that's going to be fun. So when he gets to DBs, you think he ranks himself top five? He has to. Mm. Do you think he ranks a mod top five? Ooh. Are we tough? I think he's I think he's If friend. he don't, Mod going to be fuming. You hear me? Yeah. I almost don't want him to just to hear a mod fuming. I've, I had, see... I've heard. Have you heard the mod stat breakdown of why he's the GOAT? Uh, career interceptions. <laughs> he got the breakdown. He got the film, the footage, the stats, the tackles, the brick. That's probably that's probably where he is right now. He's coming up with his uh, his tweet response. Yeah, yeah, he ready to go in uh, on key ones mentions. Yeah, <laughs> he has the tweet to key one already there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's they already just, drafted up. He's already drafted. You know how people put like one and they'll put like a slash and then X when they create like a, a list and they don't know how many tweets it's going to go. Ahmad's like tweet one of 618. I can't wait for it. I'm here for it. He's not going to hear this. So he's never, he's not even know we're talking about this because Ahmad. I know like, this is the best part. Hey, if you listen to the show, don't let Ahmad know that we're talking about him right now. <laughs> he's going to come uh, on next show and be like, Hey boys, did you see Kiwan didn't rank me top five? <laughs> like, no, Ahmad, I didn't know that. <laughs> Since, since, since you said that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's oh, talk about it. Oh man, Ahmad can't be ranked top five if he had to be thirty-five his whole career. You know, no, he just embraced the suck. <laughs> mm. what a He's, top to He's top five. He's top five safety. I think he is too. I put I put him at there. Who else would you put up there? Give my dog his flowers. I don't want to do that right now, but he is top five. You gotta give my dog his flowers. You know. Yeah, Wilbur Marshall's up there. There's some there's some good safeties that have been there. Reggie Nelson. I mean, those two are definitely in. Mm. What? All right, Cushy's pick. I gotta get out of here. All right, bro. Okay. I think that's got? the end of our show. I yeah. think uh you don't have the song of the week. I do. Oh, this is my favorite part. What you got for me, Dan? Um, let's see here. I totally wasn't ready for this. <laughs> Put some play some little Nas X. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I will. Let's see here. What You're songs like have been playing? You like my favorite country singer, Dan? Uh, you know what? As much as I do like him, he, uh, he, you know, he doesn't need us to pump his tires. You know, 
He does I'm not pumping any anything of his. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be interested. All right, let's see here. Um, Relax. Let's see. I am a big fan of the band Crawford and Power. They're an up-and-coming country music band. They got a great singer uh, that that's leading the helm over there. So they have a new song. It's not my favorite one of theirs, but it's it's on my 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 more recently played list. So let's give you only get one by Crawford and Power to take us out, and we will see you next week with uh, with analysis about Ahmad's safety uh, positioning. Same corner, same time. Already. You only give one